And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones of Lamb Lion Ministry, and it's great to be on with every one of you. Our title for today's program is that of Chronology of Carnality. So stay tuned as we encourage Christians when it comes to this very important subject matter. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you so much for everybody who's tuned in. We just pray for your blessing upon them. Keep them safe and healthy from the coronavirus crisis going on right now. Help protect their finances, too, for those who are unemployed. And, Lord, that uh, we will learn the lesson from this virus. And, Lord, this country will turn to you and repent. And that, Lord, you'll restore us. And we just pray that you'll restore us to you. Uh, that we may see revival in this country once more. And we thank yes. you, Jesus, in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tuned into our truth will set you free Bible prophecy edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones as we're talking about the chronology of carnality. So stay tuned to our program. And those of you that are following us live via social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family and pass it along so others will be able to join us for today's program. And of course, we also encourage you to get your Bibles as you follow along in today's program. As uh, it's going to be fantastic. We have some very important verses we will want, we want for you to write down and jot down and follow along with us. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, uh, brother, always great to be on with you. I'm, I'm glad to see that you're healthy and safe and uh, weathering the storm pretty well. Yes, Nathan, fantastic. And you know, talking about the weather, it is a little warmer here in South Florida. We reached almost 95 degrees, Nathan. So that's good news for us. Well, look out. There's no sunspots this year. We're in <laughs> global cooling. So That'll probably be the catchphrase soon. You'll get snow in Florida before you know it, brother. <laughs> hey, listen, I would not mind a little snow in Florida once in a while. You know, it's okay. It could, do, it could drop down into the 70s. That's fine with me. Well, as as it does, I'll drop down to the 70s. So you guys suffering in Florida. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you know how it is, Nathan. Like you always say, it's a tropical paradise. We have a little humidity, but it's not bad. Very nice. Very nice. But listen, I know Texas has gotten a little warm this week as well. I heard it's beautiful there as well. We've had a very beautiful spring, you know, for everybody being cooped up in their houses and not being able to get out. My son works at Home Depot and they can't unload trucks fast enough. Everybody's staying at home, fixing up their gardens, enjoying the beautiful weather, painting their houses, you name it. So there should be very beautiful houses and gardens this year. Uh, that is so true. And I'm actually, I'm excited for that, Nathan. It's true. We've been through a pretty rough patch here these past few months because of the coronavirus and uh, parents having to stay home and work out of the house and uh, uh, teach their children. So now that there's a little bit of opportunity for individuals to get out a little bit because of the weather, I think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a good time to sit and reflect. I really hope that this coronavirus thing not only is a wake up call for the nations, but a wake-up call for the churches. Our church, we've really gotten, over the number of years, obsessed with wealth and materialism and building projects, a kind of this post-millennial mindset that we're going to build the kingdom of, of Jesus and get the whole world saved and hand the keys over to him, so to speak, of the kingdom. Uh, not biblical at all, but church has been engrossed with this. And now, now that this crisis is going, people are looking towards the end times. They're asking questions. And I know here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, and we've been inundated by people asking, what does this mean? Is this the tribulation? Are we in that? Or, or what does this point to? And so people are, are refocusing their lives as they should on Jesus Christ. So hopefully the church learns a lesson out of this. 
Uh, Nathan, that's a very good point. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because our topic is that, is that of chronology of carnality as we trace uh, a sin and carnality throughout history and the lack of people having an interest in the things of the Lord. But hopefully, like you mentioned, maybe this coronavirus situation has allowed some to reflect uh, on things and maybe pay a little more attention to the things of the Lord and live after the spirit and not so much after the flesh. Absolutely. One of the things that I'm sure you've seen in the trends that are going on in churches is, you, know, you get here atheists all the time say, well, I don't want to be a Christian. Look at Christians. <laughs> and that's, that's really true. Or we've seen for the last few decades, major Christian leaders like Falwell and all fall from grace due to huge sins. We've seen Christians live carnal lives and, and not living that life of sanctification. In other words, once you're justified before the Lord through salvation, then you live a life of sanctification, or you become more like Jesus. He works on you and you gets rid of that sin in your life and you become more Christ-like as you age. But Christians don't seem to be interested in that. They're living just as worldly lives and Sunday Christians, or even worse, Easter Christians, Easter and Christmas Christians. And that isn't what the Lord called us to. The Lord called us to a relationship with him to grow and to build and flourish spiritually. And, and we're suppressing that by being bogged down in the carnality of this world. And Nathan, and that is a concern that we that we have, and that is exactly why we're putting this program together, is to hopefully awaken someone to recognize uh, the damage of carnality when we take our focus away from the Lord and onto the things of this world. Uh, you know, Nathan, uh, one of the interesting thing is we, we, we got this stimulus check, and my wife works at, works at Walmart, and she says the first thing that people were basically spending all this one was on entertainment and television and all these kind of things. And I will often wonder how many people maybe thought about uh, giving back to their church or supporting their pastors or investing in spiritual things. And it's like, it seems like we are so focused uh, on the carnal things that we're putting the spiritual things in the back burner for many. Oh, wow. That, that is tragic. That's a good insight. Yeah. I mean, they're spending it on themselves. We should be spending it on food and and paying off debt and helping others in need. One thing that the church should be doing during this time period, while we're not throwing tons of money into buildings and, and projects of building bigger buildings, but helping those in need, boy, you know, that's what made the church stand out during the time of Roman persecution, is that, for instance, the Romans were notorious for, and so they didn't abort their babies, but they'd birth them and then throw them out in the fields. And Christians would come and pick them up and start orphanages and take care of people and the needy when plagues ravaged the Roman Empire. Christians were there helping people and doctoring them and giving them a cup of cold water. And, and through that love, it tore down the barriers of the pagan barriers. They, the hearts turned towards Jesus. And eventually Christianity became the dominant religion in the empire. And, you know, what a difference churches could make now. And I, I'm not saying they're not. I I know particularly my own church has been very busy about trying to see how we can help people in the community, even with the, the lockdowns, how, how to get the gospel out to people and help people in need. And I've been in, uh, inundated by friends from Nicaragua who are, who barely have any jobs there, but they're losing their jobs. You know, how can we help them as a church? And so churches are mobilizing that way. But uh, it's sad that there, I guess we've had this carnal element that would rather enjoy this life like it's the only one they have rather than investing in the life to come. Yeah, and you know, and we thank the Lord for this. There's always that small remnant that focuses on the spiritual. But as we're noticing as a whole, we find that the Christian community uh, is it, in bad shape. 
And of course, that's why I'm, uh, we do want to highlight there are some wonderful ministries, uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic uh, Ministries out there, Franklin Graham and many others that are doing a great job. But that's just a drop in the bucket in comparison to how large supposedly the Christian community is and how little we're seeing uh, uh, their focus on the things of the Lord lately, you know? Yeah, I was talking with one pastor friend of mine who is just so frustrated with his own church. He's an associate minister at the church. And it really, leadership obviously comes from the top. And at his church, there's just no interest. They're just trying to see how they can survive as a church. It's kind of me-centric, which has been a problem with the church in the last few decades. And, you know, they're not figuring, how do we get in the community? How do we help people? Uh, you know, this is the time that the church could really be making a difference in people's lives. Instead of hunkering down and waiting to get back to church as usual, it should never be church as usual. The, you know, speak about not seeing the signs of the times. I mean, if God's here laying low an entire planet, and we haven't seen that in 100 years since the Spanish flu, then you know, churches ought to be like, hey, what is the Lord trying to tell us? And individual Christians, they should be con contemplating what their mortality be like and what treasures they're laying up in heaven. And it's it's you're right. It's what are, what's the old adage? It's the 20% uh, of Christians do 80% of the work in the churches. And I guess that has never changed. Absolutely. And Nathan, I want to say that I, I'm actually thinking that it's more like 1090, you know, it's 10% of the Christians and 90% don't. So <laughs> you've been a pastor for many years, so you know. <laughs> Absolutely. But Nathan, and I believe you're right, it is part of the signs of the times. I know we're going to be going to Matthew 24, uh, verses 11 and 12 in a few minutes here. But it is, Nathan, all the way from the beginning, we see this chronology of carnality started in the book of Genesis with the fall of man, uh, sin enter the world. Uh, and we see from there carnal lifestyles develop, but then it infiltrated God's people, the people of faith. Uh, we see how it's infiltrated the church today. And there just seems to be very little attention that is given to the things of the Lord. And we see that the love of many people is growing cold. We see a lack of interest. We see more interest in sports and the things of this world than the things of the Lord. And like you mentioned, uh, Nathan, even this lockdown, our hope is that people will spend more time with the Lord. But in Matthew 24, verses 11 through 12, if you can take us there, Nathan, we see that this is part of the signs of the last days. Well, I, I, before I get into that, I'd love to comment on what you said about sports. I actually had to leave a church once because they talked more about sports than about God. You could walk down the halls and and it was all about the latest game or the latest sporting event. The pastor's sermon would break off into rambling about sports statistics and things like that. I mean, he clearly knew who the God of that church was. And isn't it interesting? It was um, Hulk Hogan, the wrestler, of all things. Uh, I hear he's a Christian, though he struggled but he really nailed it. He wrote an article where he talked about how and compared how this COVID-19 has done to America like God did during the 10 plagues. The 10 plagues were attacks on different gods that the Egyptians worshipped. And in America, our gods have been taken down. And one of them is sports. I mean, people haven't had sports. I, I was at a restaurant that finally opened. And the only thing on sports that was I mean, they've been showing endless scenes of sports from the past i mean people are desperate for something new <laughs> nascar just opened who knew nascar has always been poo-pooed but it might become the biggest thing because it's the only thing you can watch and so yeah the the god of sports has been taken down and uh i i love uh, how you said matthew 24 11 through 12 it reads 
Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And I think that's what we're seeing today. Uh, false prophets lead, that could be anything that leads us away from Jesus Christ and the truth. And because we're led away from Jesus, lawlessness, of course, abounds because he created the law, the moral law. And so the love of many grows cold because we turn inward to ourselves instead of outward towards other people. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. And we're talking about the chronology of carnality and the love of many growing cold. And Nathan, of course, you and I wrote uh, the book there, The Mighty Angels of God. And you did a great job there in Revelation chapter two, as uh, so you spoke about the church of Ephesus, as we uh, wrote down there, chapter two, verses one through four. Again, another uh, signs of the end times and how it's going to affect uh, how it was affecting that church. And can you take us there, Nathan, Revelation 2, and read for us verses 1 through 4. Maybe someone is not familiar with those passages so that we they, we can, again, show them from Scripture what the Bible says regarding the situation for the churches. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was a great joy to write the Mighty Angels of Revelation with you. I know we talked uh, and taught through it for many years and then blogged it. Now it's a book. Uh, just so folks know, uh, Prophecy Watchers will be airing an interview of me about the Mighty Angels of Revelation. It will be a two-part one, and I hear it's airing this week. So if you want to check it out, prophecywatchers.com or their um, YouTube channel. And here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, we also have a television program called Christ in Prophecy. And next week, we'll be airing uh, Dr. Reagan's interview of me and our illustrator from the book, Shalise Stevens, uh, and so we'll be talking about that book, too. So, folks, if you want to know all about the book of Revelation and angelology, the 72 different angels or groups of angels found in the book of Revelation, check out our book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation. You can find that on our website at lamblion.com or on Amazon. Now that I'm done my shameless plug, Vic, I will <laughs> go ahead and read uh, Revelation 2, 1 through 4. And as to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the gold, seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored in my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Mm. Nathan, that's powerful. No, Nathan, actually, I'm glad that you got to share there about our book because I think it's a, an incredible resource. And I think it outlines in more details what our topic is and what we're talking about in terms of our concern with carnality. Because we know that carnality then leads to the love of God growing cold, a disinterest in the things of the Lord and a love for the things of the world. And Nathan, again, that is a concern for us, right? That's what we're seeing. Absolutely. Now, what... Uh the book of Revelation here in chapter two is talking about it's one of seven churches in Asia Minor in the town of Ephesus, which was a major city in the Roman Empire at that time period. It's Western Turkey today, but it also represents a time period of the church. And that's the first few century, uh, the first century church. And the first century church was the, the new church. They were passionate about Jesus. Christ. They were passionate about his. Religion. They loved Jesus. But as time got on and they started building the church structure, they started being more focused on the rules and, and the etiquette and the protocols of building the church structure than they were on Jesus Christ himself. And so Jesus calls out to this church and he says, hey, uh, you know, you've forgotten your first love. It's me. 
you're you're so concerned about you know how, what the church choir robes look like, so to speak, or or what mass should look like, or all of that, and not just being like Mary again. You know, Mary and Martha compared. Martha was concerned about works, and Mary was concerned about just spending time with Jesus Christ, and Jesus commended her for it. We too need to to stop worrying so much about church structure and turn to Jesus Christ. And brother, if there's anything that, that the Lord is doing through this coronavirus crisis, it should be that the church isn't doing church like it ever did before. We should be then refocused on our first love. I'm hoping that when churches get back together again and are meeting together again, we'll be revitalized and refocused back on our first love, Jesus Christ. I, I love that. well well put Nathan and you know I'm glad that you were sharing there in regards to church history and the situations that were going on there uh, again the next chapters there Revelation 3 verses 14 through 16 uh, we see Nathan uh, that concern and what the Lord has to say uh, when individuals are dabbling in the things of the world and not putting him first so I'm so glad that you share that from that point of view if you're able to take us there Nathan Revelation 3 verses 14 through 16 as we look again uh, the Lord's words that to this other church as well. Okay, well, of the seven churches, we just addressed the first church, Ephesus. Now Jesus is going to address the last of the seven churches, the church of Laodicea. And he says, These things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Nathan, I mean, that, those are pretty strong words right there. You know, people that dabble in carnality as Christians, sometimes they think it's no big deal, you know? Oh, well, God loves me. It's God's grace. Uh, he'll forgive me. And yeah, God is loving and he is forgiving. But here, there comes a time where we need to be careful. We can cross that line. There's, there's great areas and people really need to be careful, especially believers in their walk with the Lord. And these are serious words when the Lord says that he will vomit you out of my mouth. Right, Nathan? Oh, serious indeed. Uh, look at the Lord's addressing here. So we got the first century church in Ephesus. Well, the Church of Laodicea represents the last century church that from about 1925 when the school of German higher criticism came in and our German school of higher criticism and started saying, did Jesus really say? And pretty much they had undermined the Bible and, and many people, especially in Europe, gave up their faith in Jesus. And so what came left over <clears throat> excuse me, is a shell of a church, a church that's neither hot for Jesus nor cold for Jesus. They they do the church thing. They kind of believe in Jesus. They, they, uh, they're not really sure Genesis or Revelation makes any sense or needs to be included. Uh, they think that the Bible is just a, a man's search for God. It's full of myth and legend and superstition. Uh, they're not passionate about Jesus. They're not passionate about the relationship. And so they live, like you said, carnal lives. They they have the form of godliness, but they deny its power. And it's truly a, a, a tragic church because this is what Jesus said. He says, hey, you're not hot for me. You're not cold for me. Nobody likes to eat. Uh, and to see at the time, they had to pipe all their water in. And so their water was lukewarm. It wasn't very tasty. And so you want to spit it out. And this is what Jesus says here. He says, hey, you know, if you're not hot or cold for me, then I'm just going to spit you out. It's not worth it. And boy, like you said, very serious warning from Jesus. We do not want to be disconnected from Jesus. 
You know, Nathan, and, and that's why sometimes there's a lot of confusion. Sometimes you look at carnal Christians and the world looks on and you wonder, are, there, are these people saved? I mean, we know because of God's grace, God looks at the heart. And of course, if you've turned to Jesus Christ and you truly have accepted him, uh, you are going to go to heaven. But you're missing out on so many blessings when people turn to carnality. And in 1 Corinthians 3, Nathan, if you can take us there, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 3, we saw Paul, again, as he was talking to that early church, in terms of the dangers of carnality and, and how sad that is as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you read verses 1 through 3 of 1 Corinthians 3, it says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For there, where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Now, bear in mind the church in Corinth at the time in Greece was a seaport town. It was known to be your wild seaport town. To sell your daughter as a, a prostitute was to call to Corinthianize your daughter. So this new church that Paul established in Corinth had a lot of, of baggage coming out of it. They, they couldn't separate themselves from the city they lived in, and they were still, even though they were saved, were living carnal lives. And Paul had to address this. He had to point out, said, hey, it, you living a carnal life and you living a godly life, they don't mix together. You can't do the two. You're either one or the other. And so that way he could not teach him the deeper they couldn't go to the next level spiritually because they were trapped still living their pre-Christian lives. Excellent point, Nathan. I know we're going to be heading to Hebrews chapter 5, uh, verses 11 through 14. That was a perfect segue that you made there for us for that. But, uh, I mean, we see that, yes, uh, there are real Christians that are carnal, and, and that's been a debate, uh, you know. But uh, God's grace uh, covers that. But we lose out on so many rewards and so many blessings when we choose uh, to live carnally. And we find it, and that is, that is a, a sad a situation that we're finding in the church today. We have so many Christians with the label Christian, but when you look at their lifestyle and their conduct, it, it, it really brings a black eye uh, to the Lord and Christianity. And I am so excited, though, because we also have a, a, a group of young Christians that are really making a difference for the Lord. They are on fire for Jesus. And, and, and we have quite a number of Christians doing the same, but the majority is our concern, right, Nathan? Because we find that the majority of our churches are those that are behaving very carnal. And the Bible tells us, again, the few in the end times are those that are going to be on fire for the things of the Lord. And our prayer is that people will consider their lives and ask themselves a question. Am I living all for God or am I living more for the world? Well, and it's a scary thing, too, that it, obviously the Lord blesses Christians uh, and Christian societies with peace and prosperity. But you, you could look in Israel's history and see that every time the Lord blessed them with peace and prosperity, it went to their heads. And they started thinking, well, I don't need God for this. And then it became open rebellion against God. And uh, that's where our society is today. You know, we, the Lord, we are faithful to the Lord. He blessed America greatly. And then we got apathetic, and now it's open rebellion. And when open rebellion happens, then you get persecution of Christians. And that really purifies the church. I mean, but you don't see too many carnal Christians when the Christians are being persecuted because you're willing to die for your faith. Otherwise, if you're just a carnal Christian, then you just roll over. I had this guy visit a Sunday school class I was in from India. 
and uh, there's a good amount of persecution in India, but his his path, what he told the rest of us in our class was just, if they tell you to deny Christ, just do it. Just, just, it doesn't matter. God will forgive you. Just roll over and deny Christ and live like the heathen so that they don't know you're a Christian. And you should see the mouths open around the class. We were just shocked. And uh, we were like, what? That's your advice? Absolutely not. So when persecution comes, obviously there's a cleansing of the church, so to speak. And Brother, persecution's coming on, on, on the church here, and I think that'll help us differentiate from the, between the men from the boys, so to speak. You know, Nathan, that's a fantastic segue. One of the things that also has been in my heart as we talked about this topic, the chronology of carnality, and you made a very good point. You know, once we get into the tribulation and the rapture is gone, there's going to be very few carnal Christians in the time of the tribulation. <laughs> there is going to be for real. You either follow the Lord or lose your head, and there's not going to be this wishy-washy type of Christianity. Yeah, I mean, clearly Jesus hates wishy-washy Christians. He said so, we just read in the Church of Laodicea. Uh, to, to reference your Hebrews 5, it, he, he calls these people dull of hearing. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food, for everyone who partakes only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, and that is, those who, by reason of us, use their senses, exercise to discern both good and evil. So here, uh, Paul, uh, I don't know if it's Paul, but the author of Hebrews makes this point that, that spiritual maturity is a value, and it starts when you set aside the old life, the sinful life, and put on the new life in Jesus Christ to live a pure and holy life as much as possible in these fallen earthly bodies. You know, Nathan, that is fantastic. And, and that's why I want to encourage those that are tuned into a program. That's what God has for the church. He wants us to mature and to grow. And there's just a lot of baby behavior, carnality in the church that really shouldn't be there. And if you recognize today that you're being part of that, this is a great opportunity for you to repent, truly look at your life and recognize if there's any carnal behavior and, and just turn to the Lord and say, God, forgive me. I want to be the spirit filled, mature Christian. And the Lord can definitely uh, do that. And Nathan, I really believe that if the church began to examine itself today more and more, all of us as a church, as individuals, and uh, really ask the Lord to deal with us, that things will be so much different because we should be mature. If we've been walking with the Lord five, ten years or longer, the Bible teaches, you know, by now we should be teachers of others. We should be discipling other people. We should be encouraging other people. We should not be going around with a milk bottle, in a sense, in our mouths. That just looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and look at the warning here in Romans 8, 69. It says, for to be carnally minded is death. Isn't that is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And you got to ask yourself then, if, if you say that you are a Christian, but you live a carnal life, and I, you're going to sin. We're in a fallen human body. We won't be free of that till we get our glorified bodies in heaven. But you have to ask yourself, am I really saved? Did I? Am I going to heaven? Uh, because if you're addicted to sin... 
whether that's you're a serial fornicator or adulterer or homosexual, you're a gossip, you're prideful, you're a thief, you're a liar, whatever is dragging you down, you got to get rid of that. And you got to, if you think you're saved, then rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. Call on him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. In faith, reach out to Jesus Christ. And if you're really struggling against sin, then ask God's Holy Spirit to, to work in you to make you uh, re not interested in that sin anymore. The only way you can overcome sin addictions is by the Holy Spirit. Mm, well, well said, Nathan. What a fantastic word and what a wonderful way of encouragement. And that's what we want to speak to those that are tuned into the program. We're talking about a lifestyle of carnality. No true Christian can live a lifestyle of carnality. We will fall here and there. We repent. We get up. But again, if you find yourself that this is your lifestyle, like Nathan said, this will be a great opportunity for you to rededicate your life to Christ. And if you don't know Christ, it will be a great opportunity for you to turn to Christ. So, Nathan, I know we only have about a minute left to the program. Would you be able to maybe share with that person on the other side how they can rededicate their lives to the Lord or just come to know Jesus right now as his, their Lord and Savior? Well, absolutely. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. In other words, eternal life isn't accessible unless you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the only Savior of your sins. He beat death by dying on the cross and taking the punishment for your sins onto himself. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, those sins are forgiven, the debt is gone, your guilt is gone, and you'll inherit new life. And you can accept that new life by praying from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will do just that. Now, once you're saved, then it's a time to begin a life of sanctification. In other words, you're walking hand in hand with Jesus Christ. You're not turning back to the old carnal lifestyle, the old sins. You're turning to a new life, a better life, that life of peace that Jesus talks about in Romans 8. And you can only do that by relying on the Holy Spirit and find fellow Christians to get, get joined with. You know, be baptized as a public confession of your faith and find other Christians that you can share your to help you with your struggles, a good pastor to mentor you. And uh, we can't do it alone. We need the Holy Spirit. We need other Christians to help us when life gets difficult and challenging. Mm, amen. Excellent, Nathan. And for those of you that are in need of prayer or if you turn to Christ and you need more encouragement, reach out to us. 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. Uh, we would love to pray with you and encourage you and send you some materials so that you can grow in this wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. So, Nathan, what a, what an amazing word of encouragement you left us with there. It's always been a, a fun doing these programs with you and encouraging our, our listening audience. And for those of you that are that have participated, uh, send this uh, 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 this program to others, especially those of you that are in social media, and encourage them as well. We believe the Lord is coming back very, very soon, and we want to be ready. So our time is up for this segment of the program. I'm Vic Batista with Nathan Jones. We're saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a great week.